0: Your freedom lifestyle can be whatever sets you free personally, and for me that is travel, that is experiencing culture, that is spending time with my friends, and being able to have that work-life balance, which I don't have most of the time.
1: Welcome to the Freedom Lifestyle podcast series. A series that is so much more than just a podcast series. This is a movement towards freedom in life and in work and about taking a lifestyle you know you deserve. I'm your host, Sam, and I have always admired working where you want, when you want, and how you want. Just like my guests, I've found my version of the Freedom Lifestyle and I'm sharing all the secrets for how you can too. The Freedom Lifestyle looks different for everyone. What's your free? Hi everyone, we're calling this the first official episode of season three, but honestly this one's kind of a blast from the past because over a hundred people have already heard it. This episode features some of my favorite moments from the live podcast taping that I hosted at WeWork in Toronto this past July. Because I interviewed four people on stage that evening, I'm going to break the live episodes into two segments. Hopefully you'll feel like you were there because this audio track covers it all, cheers from the audience, and awkward echoing at points from the microphones. The speakers more than made up for it though, and the feedback from the attendees I collected after the event was super positive. By the way, does anybody give negative reviews? I don't know. I'm just saying that I'm up for that. I always put out anonymous surveys after, so please keep the feedback coming. It's the only way I'm going to get better. Up first is Victoria Hugh, an accomplished digital content creator and brand strategist who founded her blog, The Lust List, over four years ago. Victoria currently travels the world, creating and posting content for global brands as a full-time blogger and Instagram influencer. This episode was proudly sponsored by Hashtag Paid, the world's leading influencer marketing solution that connects social media influencers to brands to create paid partnerships, hence the name Hashtag Paid, super cool brand based here in Toronto, they're also in New York City, And I'm proud to say that I am now friends with many of their talented team members. Here are some of my highlights from my interview with Victoria Hugh of The Lust List. You didn't just wake up and have 80,000 followers. Did one day you have this moment where you turned on your phone in the morning and you just had like a huge spike or? What's it been like for you?
2: Definitely didn't go viral overnight. When I first moved to Toronto about three and a half, four years ago, I came here with maybe about three, four thousand followers. It started off with me just taking random photos of my outfits, like selfie pictures in the mirrors and posting them. Moved to Toronto, met a bunch of other lovely girls. Uh, Sylvia, who's actually one of the girls that I knew from Ottawa and now works at #paid as well too. She encouraged me to continue pursuing my blog and I met some other people at the company I worked with at the time who were also bloggers and photographers and we all kind of really rallied each other up to continue doing what we loved on the side even though it cost us 5 a.m. mornings when we had to be in the office at 8 a.m. the next day. So from that, we really garnered the strength to push ourselves. Within the first year of me being in Toronto, I got up to 10,000 followers. And then at that point, that was when Instagram was still very fresh in terms of bloggers being introduced into the consumer market. So. I don't know why, but I felt that the algorithm on Instagram kind of propelled my reach once I hit 10K, and then within the next year after that, I hit 60K. And then that's about two years ago from now. And it's kind of slowed down quite a bit since, just because I, I've i seen the oversaturation of people on Instagram, um, people s- purchasing followers and like likes and comments. So I don't know what Instagram is doing to kind of limit the growth of other people who are doing it organically, but it's definitely slowed down since. although. It it felt like some days when I woke up, I'd be like, whoa, I just got like 3,000 more followers overnight. That's insane. And now I'm lucky if I get like thirty overnight.
1: Well, will try to get you more than 30 tonight, okay? (laughs) Okay, so back to the money part. I think another part of this is how much money can you make? So how transparent are you willing to get about the money that you're making? Because you're doing it full-time, right? You quit your job.
2: I quit my job at the end of January this year to pursue this as a full-time job. So that, in a sense, would kind of indicate that I was able to financially surpass what I was making at my typical nine to five. Um, to be very transparent, last year alone, I hit six figures just doing off my blog on Instagram, which is phenomenal because I don't consider myself as somebody big. Um, I have a lot of friends who are triple, quadruple my reach, so I can only imagine how much they're making. And I'm sure you've heard the Kardashians being paid like $15,000 to post one photo. So you definitely can make quite a bit of money off Instagram, but it's there's a shelf life with it, right? Like with models and actors and singers, you're not going to be relevant for 30, 40 some years as you would keep like maybe a corporate job. It's a sad fact guys, but it's true. There's always somebody fresh and new coming up. So, I think if you have the opportunity, you just really have to harness and seize it to make sure you're taking advantage of that and then you, who knows where you'll go.
1: Have you thought about transferring to another medium to stay relevant?
2: Yeah, so relevancy is always a huge thing um, that I discuss with my fellow bloggers and other Instagrammers that I know as well too, just because there are so many new people and new fr- fresh faces coming in every single day. I want to kind of dabble a little bit more in video, more because I also know that that's like a that's a beneficial business move because since so many companies are now investing a lot more into video, so anybody that's out there, take your hand at video. You may like it, you may hate it, doesn't matter, brands will buy it, and if you have a skill to do it, that's better for you guys as a tip on the side. So I really want to commit myself to learning how to produce and edit video at a quality that brands will want to work with me on.
1: I know so many people look at the influencer lifestyle and think it's total goals. I had to ask Victoria, if you're just starting out, is there still time? Yes, it's saturated, but if I just have a few hundred followers, can I still get into this business? And what we're all thinking, is it as dreamy as it looks?
2: My biggest thing is like, if you want to do something today, just start. You never know in five years from now, if you look back, you. Don't want to have that oh what could it have been moment. If you just commit yourself over time, you never know where it'll grow. And the thing with like Instagram and blogging, and YouTubing is that it takes a lot, a lot of time out of your day. And if you truly love it and you're committed to it, you can take it to like God knows where. So just try and start. You'll never know.
1: And it looks quite fabulous. I've been following you around <laughs> since I got introduced to you for this. So Paris, all the beautiful places. It looks amazing. Is it that easy, or what are some of the challenges that you have? to do because a lot of people think it's just very easy.
2: It, it looks glamorous for sure. Um, I do like, I used to do two posts a day, I'm doing one post a day now and when you think of it that's just like one snippet of my life that you get to see and obviously it's the curated edited version. If you go into my stories you'll see me like in my pajamas, no makeup on, walking my dog in slippers outside or picking up poop. It's not that glamorous so that's the real side of me. But there's a lot of work that goes into one post that goes up on my account. I've averaged it takes anywhere from a minimum of like 8 to 12 hours to get one photo from start to finish when I finally post it. And when it goes to a trip, we wake up at like 4 AM in the morning to get that perfect sunrise shot. And we're shooting almost all day until the sun sets again. So it looks fun. (laughs) But there's a lot of arguing. There's a lot of tears. There's a lot of like people who are not happy that they had to carry my camera equipment, i.e. my fiancé, but he loves any and he's super supportive, so I can't thank him for being with me every step of the way. But there's definitely a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes that people don't really expect or know until they take their own like, chance at it.
1: So when you say we, is it your fiancé? Does he follow you around and take these glamour photos?
2: I force him to. (laughs) 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 It's what pays the bill, so he kind of has to help me. Um, But no, like, he takes about 95% of my photos for me, and he's really supportive in it as well, too, and he's kind of adopted it for himself now, too. He also has an Instagram account. Really getting into it, I think he just completed his first, like, major collaboration that it's all him. I had no say in it whatsoever at all, so I'm very proud for him about that. Um, But that has also kind of given him the leap to pursue his own... Um, passions as well too so his podcast per se I don't necessarily think that that's something he may have pursued like four years ago had we not been given this opportunity to really see what can happen if you truly love something and you just commit yourself to it
1: any tips for how to take a great photo <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay a couple tips if you want to make yourself look taller take the photo from below like stand down on the like ground. angle down yeah angle down Go upwards because it makes your legs look really long. I'm sure you guys have heard about this new Barbie tiptoe trick that's been trending on Instagram lately. No. If you go up Tell on your, it's <laughs> like if you have a Barbie foot, it's like she's on her tippy toes all the time. I do this all the time too. It makes your legs look longer. Go up on your tippy toes, it elongates that, coupled with shooting at a low angle. Makes you look like you have legs for days. Also, another tip too shoot in the shade if you can because it's not fun editing bright sunlight in your photos and always shoot darker than you think because you can save a photo from the shadow if you shoot with direct sunlight and things are blown out you have like zero data to, to recover from that
1: cool yeah. and i'm looking at her photographer right now lex so shout out to her does do you agree with those tips yeah would you throw in any extra ones um
2: no i love that you
1: said shoot from the bottom up because i always
2: shoot that way and I she's know. doing it right now <laughs> girl, and I, it helps so much that up when you're
1: 5'2", so yeah, it's true. You were working at Hashtag Paid prior to going full-time yeah. influencer. Can you talk a little bit about how you knew it was time to make it a side hustle to full-time
2: free? Yeah, so I was headhunted into Hashtag Paid to kind of give them the insight into the creator-influencer side because they were very well-versed on the client marketing side already. Um, and I was brought in to be the head of creator relations. I stayed with them for about like a year and a half. The company at the time was quite small, and since then they've grown quite a bit. I think the staff has doubled in size in the two years since I first started. Um, And obviously the responsibilities start to grow. I started to develop my own team. I brought in a lot of friends that I knew who were very well versed into the space to also join the teams as well, too, to add their kind of flavor and experience to it. And it got to a point where I got a lot of opportunities from my blog that I had to keep saying no to because I had too many projects going on in the office that I couldn't quite leave. And I felt like I was betraying myself by not taking those opportunities. And as I said, there's a shelf life to blogging. So you don't wanna say no to too many things before brands just start to forget about you and move on to the next person. So when I started saying yes to a lot of those opportunities, then I felt bad at work because I wasn't able to commit myself a full nine to five every single day there were times when I'd be gone for two, three weeks straight and I'd be like working halfway across the world on conference calls at like 4 a.m. in the morning there to make sure things were going right there. And I just didn't feel that it was fair to not be able to fully commit myself to the rest of the team when they were growing so quickly on their end too. So my ethos was that if I don't take this opportunity, who knows when I'm going to ha- ever have it again. And what's the worst that'll happen? At the end of the day, I have like a degree, I have experience on my resume, I can go back to them or like You can an always job.
1: go back to a nine to five, right?
2: Always go back always to Always go five. back. Yes. As long as you have something in your resume, at least once you can always go back. So I decided to just like, you know what? Let's take this chance. No house, no kids, no cars, nothing else, no debt. I'm just gonna do it and see what happens. And this is where I am today, about six months down the road now.
1: During Victoria's time working at Hashtag Paid, she helped lead the launch of a free tool that you can now find on the Hashtag Paid website. It essentially allows creators to determine the worth of their photos based on their reach and engagement.
2: Our goal was to take your average, not based off of your following, since you can have a bot following now, um, but more about your engagement, because the brands really want to see if you have 500,000 followers, are all 500,000 people really liking and commenting your photo? Chances are no. The stats are around like only two to 4% of your following really engages. So we base off more of the ROI on your engagement. And on our site, we created this tool that anybody can go to. Basing off of how many engagements you get if you get like a thousand or you get on average 500 per photo or an average like 200. What's an engagement? So engagement is either a like or a comment. So somebody took the time to engage with your photo means they decided to waste three seconds of their life. (laughs) Seriously. That's what brands want. Like, are you important enough to people that they'll commit two seconds of their life every day to like your photos?
1: This generation.
2: (laughs) So somebody has 200 average engagements for photo in your beginner I would say 50 is like kind of the ballpark range if you're an expert you can charge up to 90 bucks per post per post yeah and we've kind of tested this out with like over 100 different creators that we have on the platform both in Canada and internationally as well too and the resounding feedback it's more or less pretty close give or take maybe like 20 to 50 dollars of a difference depending on where you are and obviously as you Bring the engagement up it starts to climb quite a bit but then you cap out because like you can't expect somebody who has eight hundred thousand likes on a post to really command a rate of like five million dollars per post brands are just not going to pay that much that's their entire annual budget for marketing
1: what is the brand that you're most proud that you've worked with and what's your dream collab brand
2: okay so dream collab brand definitely chanel as i, <laughs> chanel? I mentioned got it she I, loves that purse. i love their i love their brand i it's hard for me to stray away from it as bougie as it sounds um and the proudest that i've worked with so far that's really tricky because i've had so many proud moments definitely mcdonald's as weird as it sounds guys it's i didn't know that it was a brand i wanted to work with until i started happening and i just collaborated with them to promote some new products that they were launching and i recently got asked i believe it's out now so i can say this i got asked to be part of it television commercial with them. I'm not in it, so don't look for my face, guys. You'll hear my voice, though. I'm doing a voiceover. I think that was kind of like my proud moment. (laughs)
1: Perfect, well, it's a podcast, so listen to this voice. Yeah. Victoria was so fun to chat with, and despite having almost 90,000 followers on Instagram and looking picture-perfect in all of her content, she was extremely down-to-earth and genuinely passionate about the work that she's doing. She's a true creator and her work speaks for itself. Let's see if we can help her get closer to 90 K. Make sure you follow her on Instagram. It's the Lust list with two T's. Now for this next interview, it should be a familiar voice. Megan Craft has been interviewed on the Freedom Lifestyle podcast in Season 2. I invited Megan to come to the live taping because her episode was actually the most downloaded. For all of Season 2, it's no surprise. Her story is so epic and she's an amazing person. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out. Podcast number 12 from season two. Megan is currently a fashion designer and freelance creative, and we started this live podcast taping reflecting on her early career ambitions. I'd love to just start with, when you were growing up, what did you think your career was gonna look like? I think I changed my mind a bunch
0: of times, but I ended up uh, at Western University uh, with a science degree. I kind of fell in love with medicine after going through some pretty tragic medical issues on my own. I lost all my hearing in my left ear, started volunteering under a surgeon there, and just decided that that was where my life was going to take me. And that all kind of changed, I guess, after that, and I ended up giving that all up to become a clothing designer at 21, um, deferring medical school indefinitely, still didn't go back, and uh, here we are today, a couple of businesses later.
1: I'm sure that wasn't easy, turning down medical school. Can you tell us a little bit about, did you have a pros and cons list? Like, how did you make that decision?
0: I wish I was that organized at 21. (laughs) Uh, There was no pros and cons list. Uh, I think in some ways it happened really organically for me. I think that, I pushed forward to apply for medical school due to some things that happened in my life. And then I started this brand on accident that turned out to be just so amazing, which is how I met you. Mm -hmm. I just said, at one point, there's so much momentum here. You have to give this a chance. And I just went with it. Some point you just have to take a risk and see what happens because you can't fail if you don't try. And I think that's
1: kind of been a big part of my career. I love that. When did you stop thinking you were gonna to go to medical school?
0: <laughs> if you ask my grandma I still think about it. Um, <laughs> when I sold my last business she asked me if I was going back and I, I mean for a minute I considered what that would look like and I decided that the freedom lifestyle was more important to me like the idea of going back and, and going to medical school and Uh, Looking at that structure of life, it it just wasn't for me anymore and I think that as much as I work as hard now to do all of the jobs that I do, uh, there's so much more freedom
1: to it and I wouldn't give it up for the world. Totally. You mentioned your grandma. So did you have any pressure from your family when you said, I'm going to do a clothing brand with my boyfriend? Yeah, (laughs) uh, yeah, definitely. Like (laughs) Megan, what are you doing? You're throwing your life away.
0: No, Um, definitely at first, like my, my family was like, you've invested all this time. It took me a lot of time to get through school because I had two major surgeries. I lost my hearing in university. Um, I pushed through all of that. And it was like, I'm going to give it all up and sell t-shirts for a living. Everybody, I was crazy Um, but I think after I started doing it full-time they realized the impact I had on my community uh, on just like Ontario and the world was was so huge and I was changing lives through a clothing brand, which is just so crazy. And and they started to really catch on, and now I think they've just given up on thinking that I'm not a crazy person. Like, I'm definitely that person in my family. Like,
1: nothing is too crazy for me to come home and say anymore, yeah. I think my family is at that stage right now. I'm looking at my mom right now. (laughs) She's over there My first business was (laughs) hair scrunchies that saved animals. And once she saw me pull that off for three years, when I told her I was gonna start a podcast, she's like, how can I help? In addition to running her fashion brand, Chai Atelier, on the side, Megan is a freelance creative who takes on gig work within the arts and entertainment space. We talked a little bit about how she knew which industry niche that she should focus on. A lot of people say, know what you're an expert at. If you can do everything, no one will hire you for anything. But once you've been an entrepreneur before, you, you wear so many hats that you can do so many things and you have all these skills. How did you figure out what was your thing? Or do you have a thing? I think that I've struggled with this a lot, and I had one of
0: my mentors, this badass female CEO, sit me down like a, maybe about a month ago, and she's like, Megan, you're so good at a lot of things, but until you start choosing one thing that you're good at and, and push forward in that, you're never going to be the best at it, and that's the difference between you and I. And then I started reading this book, I left it over there, it's called The Third Door by Alex Banyan, definitely read it. He was 18 years old when he wrote it and one of the things that he talks about is this advice from Warren Buffett and they had him write down 25 things that he wanted to accomplish in, in three months and then he, they had him cross out or write down the five things that were the top five things and he's like the best way for you to accomplish the five things you want to be best at is to ignore the other 20 things. And so the way to be, you can either be really good at 20 things or world class at five things. And so what I've been trying to learn to do now is focus my creative energy or just my skill set into five things, because I can be good at a lot of things. That's what entrepreneurs are. But I'm never going to be the best at everything. So I just need to choose the things that I, I really am passionate about now. What's one of the things? Bringing together entrepreneurs.
1: Yeah. Heck yeah, we got to run yeah. tonight. Here we are. Okay, another big barrier for being able to, you know, quit your job, be an independent worker, freelancer, gig worker, is how do you rate yourself? How do you figure out how much money your time is worth? For me, I struggle with that. How? What has that been like for you?
0: I again, I kind of told you I didn't get paid half of something.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of money, and so.
0: It's kind of different because every project's a little bit different. It depends on kind of what I'm working on. Um, One of the pieces of advice I would give is to try and find experts in your own community. The way I would price myself in London, Ontario, where we're from, versus Toronto is completely different. You can charge a heck of a lot more money here if you're really good at something. So um, trying to get that sort of base level, figure out how many hours you're going to need to dedicate to a project, and then figure out how much that project is worth to you, whether that's cash or in kind, because the project that I lost a bunch of money on was actually something that was so valuable to me that even though I didn't get paid all of it, it was still worth a lot. And so those are the types of things that I try and use to judge what I'm worth, because mm-hmm. there's some things I'd be willing to make financial sacrifices on at this point in my career in order to make sure that you know five years from now, I'm you know the, one of the most well-paid people in my industry.
1: Okay, you mentioned a few skills that you had to work on to be a successful entrepreneur. What things came naturally for you? Um, I guess public speaking is a really big one. Being able to go
0: out and talk about myself, which some people hate about me, but I think it's one of my greatest, greatest qualities. Art of shamelessness. <laughs> um, I said this on my podcast, Evening With You, like you are your own greatest marketing tool like if you're able to sit down and have a conversation or walk into a meeting and say like this is what I do for a living I'm really good at this now let's talk about it that has probably been the skill that's gotten me the farthest in life um, because I've just never been scared to walk into a room and tell people what I want to do and to this day that's totally fake it till you make it, you know, guys. That's that's a piece of advice here. So I think that's one of my greatest skills. And just networking, connecting with people like you or or not being able to take, or scared to take risks. Um, I mean, I lived in India for half a year by myself. I didn't know a single person there and was able to start my second clothing brand that way.
1: And I think those are probably my greatest skills so you've talked a lot about all these different things that you've juggled at once. I know Shada's here tonight who was on my podcast and we talked about <laughs> we talked a little bit about what is your career story. So when you're someone who's jumped around quite a bit, mm-hmm. it's really hard to communicate and summarize that. Like I'm trying to do this for you right now and I'm I'm challenged by that. So is that an intimidation for you when you're in a room with people who do consulting or something more linear and they say, what do you do? Like, How do you answer that question? First
0: of all, I just want to say consulting sounds like the most vague job ever. And every time I hear this, I'm like, you have the most undefined career. Tell me more about what you do. So, this back um, on you. Yeah, there's a couple of people in this audience who are like definitely laughing at me. Everybody has a story. It's not about what your story is. It's about how you tell it. And if you can walk into a room and be very confident about what that story is, it's just all about how you're gonna tell it. And I think that everybody, everybody has a life experience. Everybody has like a storyline. Like nobody's career is really that linear, maybe more so than others. But if you can walk into a room and say, hi, I'm Megan, I'm the creative director of this and I own a clothing company, you're gonna say, tell me more. That sounds more interesting than, hi, I'm Megan and I'm uh, a doctor. You know? It's, there's, there's a, actually, it's, it's a really great way to start a conversation if you know how to tell that story. And I think that's probably one of the biggest assets I have is like being able to walk into a
1: networking setting and say that. Okay, we're gonna finish up with a couple of rapid fire questions. Okay. So, a series of questions. This makes me really nervous. You're just going to answer a, them. I didn't tell you these I, ones. I know. I've been They're the most nervous about this. Okay. That's my favorite one. Burning Man or Coachella? Burning Man for sure. Okay. Beer or wine? Both. <laughs> okay. Wine. Wine. Fine. Drake or The Weeknd? Drake, baby. Do you believe... Everyone can just yell out theirs. Yeah. Let's yeah wrap tell it. me Fire yours. The tell me yours, guys. I want to hear Do you believe in soulmates? No. Oh. Fozzie is my soulmate. Yeah. What is something you wish you knew more about and you can't say finance or math?
0: I know. That was what I said last time. Um,
1: more well, language.
0: Yeah, Languages? I've always, yeah, more language for mm-hmm. sure.
1: Cool. What's your favorite podcast other than mine?
0: Girlboss Radio for sure. I, Sophia Maruso is such a badass bitch. Yeah, yeah. That's, how I got Sorry guys. <laughs> that's how I got into <laughs>
1: podcasting. Cool, okay, well that's that it. it. That's, I think so, I didn't bring a timer up here. Okay, but I was like, I thank think you so good. much everybody. So let's wrap up with some giveaways. Let's give them some shit. Yeah, I'm really excited yeah. to give you some shit. And you get an Oprah, yeah. and okay. you get an Oprah. <laughs> oh. I feel like Oprah. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed some of my favorite moments from the second ever live podcast taping. I've had a number of people ask me when the next one is and right now it's still TBD if I'll even do another one. It was so much work, especially because for this one, we had honestly like a dozen different sponsors and brands involved that I had to manage and that added a whole other element. So we're gonna see. It's certainly a fun way to wrap up a season though. Next week, you'll hear part two of this special evening with live interviews from both Josh Walters, who's the founder of the Feedback app, as well as Kate Taylor, who is a travel enthusiast and communication strategist for the girls trip. If the girls trip is not on your radar yet, you need to check them out. They plan curated group travel for women in luxurious destinations and they make it all more accessible through monthly payment plans. I'm actually joining them as a trip manager in 2019. I'll be at Greece. I'll be in Morocco. So crazy excited. I have discounts for our community, and I would love for you to join me. P.S. If you're not in our Facebook group yet, we just broke 400 members. Until next time, enjoy your freedom.